This is Simply Meditation, an offering of Center for Self-Care, and your mindful coach, that's me, Mark Balser. Each week at 7.15 p.m. on Wednesday, we have an in-person guided meditation and short teaching at Balance for Life Yoga in Devon, Pennsylvania. Feel free to join us there or listen each week to our intro and guided practice or standalone guided practice. If you'd like to learn more, visit me at www.center4selfcare.com or email me at mark at centerforselfcare.com. Thank you and enjoy. So we've been spending all our time with suffering for the last couple of weeks. And I can tell you're all suffering tonight through the laughter and the joy. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, hearing. God, I just suffering. Life is okay. good. Maybe like, yeah. yeah. But one of my yeah. teachers talks about how we're very attached to our suffering. Very attached to our suffering. And that could be kind of your a martyr complex. That could be kind of a, a feeling like you were passed over for, for promotions at work or you're the sibling that gets the least attention. We get used to those feelings that did happen, you know, the, the pain and the suffering that did happen. Uh, but it might not necessarily be there in the same way or anymore. And I think one of the reasons we get attached to our suffering is because of the certainty of it, that we know how that feels. And even though it feels uncomfortable, we're not, we don't have to take the risk of the vulnerability of trying to go out of that shell and then finding maybe we shouldn't have. So I think there's some connection between the suffering we've been discussing and the certainty that I'm, I'm thinking about now. Thich Nhat Hanh has this wonderful book called Fear, because we've got fear, we've got uncertainty, we've got doubt, uh, and he, uh, he has a great way of talking about it. I think I'll read this. Uh, the present is free from fear. So part of our practices is coming to now, coming to now, coming to now, uh, so that, you know, while we still have our experience to inform us, that we're you know, treating this moment with, with an openness, a clear-eyedness. When we are not fully present, we are not really living. We're not really there, either for our loved ones or for ourselves. If we're not there, then where are we? We are running, 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 even during our sleep. We run because we're trying to escape from our fear. We cannot enjoy life if we spend our time and energy worrying about what happened yesterday and what will happen tomorrow. If we're afraid all the time, we miss out on the wonderful fact that we're alive and can be happy right now. In everyday life, we tend to believe that happiness is only possible in the future. We're always looking for the right conditions that we don't have yet to make us happy. We ignore what is happening right in front of us. We look for something that will make us feel more solid, more safe, more secure. But we're afraid all the time of what the future will bring. Afraid we'll lose our jobs, our possessions, the people around us whom we love. So we wait and hope for that magical moment, always sometime in the future when everything will be as we want it to be. 
we forget that life is available only in the present moment. As the Buddha said, it is possible to live happily in the present moment. It is the only moment we have. Now, certainly there's some challenges to that. And we can try a little mini meditation to see what we find as we look for that present moment. So if you'd like, just letting your eyes close gently. We'll practice just for three or four minutes. No particular technique. Just noticing what's happening in our experience. Being aware of any thoughts and feelings that arise. And then ask yourself, where am I right now? Am I in the past? Am I in the present? Am I in the future? Reflecting on the thoughts that come and go. What memories arise? What hopes for the future arise? Am I in the past, present, or the future? Notice if you're reflecting on plans or regrets. And then let any of that go. now? You might even be in the present, but not in this place. Imagining what's happening back home or at work. Just notice that. Letting the breath deepen as you hear the sound of the bell. So letting your eyes open. One of the instructions I often put in my guided meditations is uh, 
uh, don't try to make things a certain way. Uh, don't try to change anything. You know, you're following your breath and your breath is rough. Or, you know, like I've got allergies. Okay, so you got allergies. Just keep breathing. You've been breathing all day long. You're probably not going to stop. Just pay attention to that breath. So certainly I, I'm trying to create a certainty of my own with that practice of like reminding myself, like it can, it's okay to be how it is. I think a lot like our culture uh, of uh, quick fixes and here's an algorithm you can try to optimize your life. That's not helping us so much. Uh, you know, biohacking books. Actually, the practice we're going to do is from this guy named Tim Ferriss. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He wrote a book called The Four Hour Work Week. And actually, I, I like his work, but that has to be aspirational. And so, like at work, we have, you know, our performance evaluations. And you have to you have to have benchmarks against which to evaluate yourself to right. see if you're on the right track. How hard and fast they are is another question. But we have SMART goals. So SMART goals, they have to be specific. They have to be measurable. They have to be attainable, realistic, and timely. So that's a good way of putting together goals. But then I have this pile of goals that I create every year, and I get to the end of the year, and I didn't really work on them barely at all. The goals I have related to like reading books or the goals I have related to reducing my time on my phone, they're very well kind of organized, but then I don't end up Executed. doing that. Yeah. You know, I... I I want to stop reading so much news, but I've got a fear of missing out. So I'm back to a fear. Uh, I, you know, have some grandiose plan, but I'm afraid that it won't work out. So I don't take the steps that I need to do it. And so the practice we're going to work with today is instead of identifying our fears, our goals, we're going to identify our fears. Because those obstacles that particularly habitual humans, I see you kind of being like, oh no, are we really going to do this? No, 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 no. That's the body language. Yes, yes, yes. <gasps> are we really going to do this? Um, that, that I look and it's like, every year the goals are different, but I don't do them for essentially the same reasons. This was So Tim Ferriss is the guy who this uh, practice is from, but he quotes Yoda. Named must your fear be before banish it, you can. Named must your fear be before banish it, you can. So I did this I did this twice today. Well actually I did it once and then I pulled up an example from the past. The example from my past was about building out this business, about building up Center for Self Care. And coming up with essentially what we'll do today is a decision we have to make, or maybe one we've been putting off, or a project we're thinking about working on change we're thinking about making and, you know, where we're going to live or our vocation or relationships or could be mundane. It could be quite serious. So we're going to ask questions as part of this practice. So the first question is, what's the worst that could happen? So when I'm thinking about it with respect to building a new business, um, there's a lot of, like, it would be a disaster. That's probably my first thought. But what does that disaster look like? Reality is, in that situation, I'd lose a little bit of money, and I'd be embarrassed. I'd worry about what people think. What's the worst that could happen? Playing that through. What could you do to prevent this from happening? 
And so in the case of starting a business, like you write a business plan, you have goals. Now, incidentally, this isn't quite happening in my situation. So it's kind of a reminder of me of, oh, maybe you want to come up with some goals and plans and milestones. What could you do to correct it if and when it happens? So I'm back to planning again. What might the benefits of an attempt or partial, partial success be? And so in that case, it's like, I'm not really thinking that my big retirement plan will be Monday night simply meditation with 300 people coming to it. I'm doing this to try out ideas and see what works, see what doesn't work as I build out my business. So the whole point is at least partial failures and partial successes. And then the last question is if I avoid this action or decisions and decisions like it, what will my life look like in six, 12 or 36 months? And so that, you know, for me, the answer is like, well, I'll be in the same situation, but I'll feel like it's been dragging on for longer and longer and longer. Point is not to solve the problem, <laughs> but identify the fear because this is, I think, very uh, a renewable insight that you're yes. going to have. Because this is our, this is where we get stuck. This is our grasping. This is our aversion. This is our delusion that we build out throughout our lives. So even if we don't solve this problem, maybe we get an insight for the next time. So I'm going to guide you through a practice. Uh, And we're going to start in the first couple of minutes of trying to bring to mind something that we might want to work with. Mm. Clearly, we're not going to do the five alarm fire that just started the minute we walked in here. This is practice. This is meditation practice. Our goal is opening our heart, opening to different possibilities. You might even find that thing that you really want to work on, and you know maybe you should pick a different one that might not have quite the emotional charge to it right now. But then whatever insight you have, you can apply to the other uh, situations. So I'm going to give you some time to reflect on that as we begin the practice. You might let your eyes close, settle into your seat, and find your breath. Feel the movement of the inhale and the exhale, drawing you to the present, serving as an anchor to whatever arises, being sure to take care of yourself. Drawing the back to the breath again and again as you need it. As we work with this practice of fear setting. And so we'll take a minute or two now to bring to mind some kind of situation or decision that you have to make or have been putting off that you'd like to work with. Allowing images, conversations, anything that comes to mind when you think of this situation, this decision you might be making.
Let yourself feel into this moment. Notice any emotions of frustration or fear or uncertainty. Notice where you might feel sensations associated with this in your body. Noting any tightness, stiffness in the back or shoulders. Noting any clenching of the hands. Reflecting on this decision, defining it, what is this situation all about? What are the options? What are the choices you might make? And as you reflect on this problem or situation, ask yourself, What's the worst thing that could happen? To the extent it feels safe, be very detailed. What's this disaster scenario? What's the worst that could happen? Notice how your response might change as you reflect. Holding your answer lightly. What's the worst that could happen? You might even ask on a scale of one to 10, how bad would it be? Visualize this worst case scenario. See what it's like. And then releasing this question and offering a new question. What could you do to prevent this from happening?
what could you do to prevent this from happening? Be curious. You've spent a bit of time with the response. Let that go and see what else comes up. What could you do to prevent this from happening? And what could you do to correct it if and when it happened? How might you get things back under control? How might you repair this situation? You might even reflect on some partial fixes. The easy moves and the more comp complicated fixes. What could you do to correct it if and when it happens? And now having defined the situation and considered how you might prevent or repair it, you might ask yourself this question. What might the benefits of an attempt or even a partial success be? What would the benefits be? What might the benefits be of a complete failure or a complete success?
And finally asking yourself, if I avoided this action or decision or decisions like it, what will my life be like in six months or 12 months or 10 years? If I avoid action, what will my life be like in the future? And in these last few moments of practice, you might ask one final question. What advice do I have for myself? What advice do I have for myself? 